0: What's up, dude? Hey. How are can you doing? Can you hear me? I can. So sorry awesome. if there's like a huge glare. Sometimes I look at the video and I realize like there's a glare on my glasses and it looks like they're just bright shining. But I had someone tell me during one of my first episodes that I need to turn a light on because if I don't, it kind of gets backlit. And so I have, yeah. Do you have wings on? Do I have wings oh, on? Oh, oh, it's your chair. I thought you had like, the way they are coming out from over your shoulders, I thought you had like... Like furry wings on, I was like, "All right, haven't seen that. I haven't seen that yet. Bold move, but all right." Um, Victoria's Secret wings. Yeah, I was like, "I was like, okay, well, because I see the butterflies too," and I was like, "Okay, all right, I'll, <laughs> I can I can work with this. I'll try." Um, <laughs> all right, dude. So, um, yeah. So, as I tell everyone, I aside from a few friends, I don't really, I don't know anyone that I have on. This is for everyone that's listening. I kind of just. Gloss over, see someone interesting, you know, whether in the air force or whether in your case, powerlifting, and looks cool. Obviously, ask if they'd uh, like to do a podcast. You were cool enough to say yeah. And uh, I don't like to dig any deeper than that. I like to find out as I go. So, yeah, I don't. I never have any prepared questions. I like for it to just be a conversation between two strangers and see what happens. So, introduce yourself.
1: So I'm Mel's Moves on IG, which is how you've come to know me. I, I'm in a master's program by science. I'm a powerlifting coach. I have, um, a company I started in 2015, A Team athletics. So mostly power, powerlifting athletes. um, some very, and I also work with different types of, um, strength athletes. I work with bodybuilders, things of that nature. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much a summary of I me. Mean, I'm a USP coach, ref. I mean, I have so much going on. I wouldn't know where to start and where to finish. But right, well, um, I like to be as involved with the community as I can, and I really enjoy it.
0: So. so, so what's? So yeah, I've seen on your Instagram. It what what does CSCS stand for?
1: Certified Strength and Conditioning considered like one of the. Better certifications to get if you're a strength coach. It requires a bachelor's degree. And I was actually really impressed with the test. It was pretty difficult because when you go into it they say you know there's um for each question there's three possible choices so even if you were to guess you know you have a one in three chance of getting it right but those questions were tough i was really impressed by it really? so i have more respect now for people who have it than yeah. when i first went into it because yeah. it was it was intense
0: <laughs> when did uh what made you want to get into that it is there any particular draw or did it, it was one of those things that just kind of one thing led to another and one day you're just like oh this is what I'm doing.
1: Actually kind of, um, exactly what you said. I just kind of happened to be at the right place at the right time and had the right conversation me up for powerlifting, talking to one of my colleagues about this and, um, specifically about what draw like what personalities are drawn to powerlifting. And it seems like people who are, who tend to be more analytical, like to do based and either you get it or you don't and it's not really subjective like bodybuilding so you know if you're doing better or not based on how you're performing so um i thought that was really cool and it, it kind of rings true because a lot of the people who do really uh, they seem to be more numbers oriented, like accountants, mm-hmm. nurses, mm-hmm. Um, people like that who who have those types of jobs really gravitate toward powerlifting. So I thought that was pretty cool.
0: I never would have thought about that, but it kind of makes sense because with bodybuilding or I guess um, like those two friends I showed you, they're more in aesthetics. And that's. Yeah, I don't know how you would judge that without using like one of those. What's the gold standard for fat testing? Don't they? Aren't you like, was it? Ortho- Dexo
1: or bod pod?
0: Yeah, I did. Or wanna,
1: hydrostatic weighing.
0: I did one when I was at the University of Georgia in 2013. I remember or one of our teachers was getting her, I think, master's in kinesiology. Yeah, and we did something where like scanned us head to toe over like five minutes and told you exactly how fat you were, basically. But yeah, something like, you know, something like aesthetics or men's physique. I feel like that's really the only way you could nail down exactly what you're doing because other than that, I mean what what would you be doing? You'd be looking at pictures before and after, it depends on the lighting, it depends on how much water you've drank, it depends is it is it after a workout Are you pumped up or have you've been have you been eating Cheetos all weekend and you're retaining like an extra 15 pounds of of water, which is kind of where I am right now. Versus <laughs> with powerlifting, yeah, you could you can really break that down into mean literally break it down into how much how much more am I lifting yeah that's kind of I never would have thought about that what is so what is like what are what are numbers you would track doing powerlifting like how because like how often would you just choose a random workout or I guess okay you're you're the you're the you're the professional in this how do you track numbers what numbers do you track like it's is it just How much can I curl today? How much can I curl tomorrow? Or is it, is there a certain average of like all numbers you would do for biceps or for squats or for lats or you tell me.
1: Okay. So the sport of powerlifting is basically three movements. It's the squat, bench, and deadlift. So... For competition purposes, when you go to compete, you get three tries or three attempts to lift the heaviest weight possible for each of those movements. So first they start with squat. You squat. Uh, your first attempt you give them your second attempt and you're in a flight of anywhere from 8 to 15 people and after everybody does their first attempts everybody gets a second try for a second attempt and then a third and then they repeat that for bench and deadlift as well and then they sum those numbers up to get a total and then the total and your body weight is kind of, is used to basically level the playing field. So you can compare people who are smaller to people who are larger and um, basically whoever gets the highest Wilk score, which we can kind of I don't want to get too far into no, what go, that is go. or, no, or no, anything no, like no, that, no. but. Um, basically, whoever gets the highest total wins for their for their class, for their division, um, and then whoever ha- has the highest Wilkes score wins best lifter for male and female. So uh, for a workout, you usually center your training around the squat, bench, and deadlift. So we do... Um, Right now, it's really popular to do higher frequency. So instead of doing the traditional once a week squat, once once a week bench, etc., um, you see powerlifters who squat multiple times a week, bench multiple times a week, often even deadlift multiple times a week. And they include variations of the movement. So depending on how close you are to competing, you'd um, be more specific with your movements. So you do more competition movements. And the farther you are um, away from a competition or the farther into off and you would have more variations so you'd have front squats or close grip bench or incline bench and Romanian deadlift things like that um and there's like so there's hundreds of variations of each of the movements so depending on what weaknesses are what you're trying to work on, what you're good program in that way so that you can when you're when you get to competition you could be um prepared for it
0: okay and so all right, so so my mom runs marathons. She's she's going to live forever. But yeah, when she's starting for a marathon, it's kind of I think this is kind of what you were saying. It's obviously she doesn't run that much every day and as you get closer to a marathon, you start running more and more and more and you have, you know, bigger and bigger I guess prep days. So is that is that what it's like? It's you kind of have this it's almost like a funnel. It's the farther away you are, you're doing a bunch of different stuff, but it's all kind of the same movement and obviously you don't. I don't need to explain this to you because you're the one that just explained it to me but I, I talk out loud to try to like see it so you do, you're doing a bunch of different movements and it's you know it'd be like let's say you're preparing for like a free throw shooting contest or something you would months away you'd be doing jump shots three pointers layups whatever you may dunk it whatever and as you're getting closer you're narrowing it narrowing it down to you'd want to be that certain distance from the goal and then you'd want to do feet planted only. And eventually you would get down leading right up to it. You're just doing that one movement. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So all sports basically work that way where you, you have increased training specificity, the closer you get to your competition. It's for team sports, football, soccer, basketball, any sport that you can think of, you get more and more specific um, because you want to mimic possible versus you can't always do the competition movement because then you'll develop weakness. you're not working and so that could lead to injury or you know decreases in performance so mm-hmm. uh, all all sports work pretty much exactly the same way but since you for a marathon runner different energy systems so obviously it's going to be different for them but um, I don't think there are very many sports that wouldn't be helped with some weight training included in their off season. So even marathon runners I've had. Um, I actually have a lot of my clients who do hybrid training. So they'll do marathons, they'll do powerlifting, or some combination. They, they like they enjoy running, or what have you, but they still enjoy powerlifting. And those are kind of opposites in a way. Yeah. So um, the way we kind of work around that, I mean, I think that they can help each other. But the strength training helps the running more than the running helps the strength training, if that makes sense okay so yeah so usually if i have someone who's strictly been doing marathons and comes to me and does weight training they will decrease their marathon time they will decrease their fatigue um just by having that extra muscle mass being able to carry themselves so yeah. much more easily
0: that's crazy i would have never thought of marathon runners about that i mean you always see like sprinters in the olympics and yet i mean they're, they're built like greek gods and then yeah you, you know you see the long distance runner and it's much more like you know it looks like the wind could take them away. That's crazy, though. I never it's, thought about powerlifting. Interesting.
1: That. Yeah. So it's interesting you say that the difference in, in their physiques and that is all based around energy systems. Because if you're, um, I don't know how much your uh, viewers are going to be um, familiar with energy systems, but we basically have three main ones. So one of them for like high intensity, short burst or activity, one of them for the lower intensity, like walking, day-to-day activities, and then one that's like a combination, Mm -hmm. right? So when you have people who do the longer distance, slow-paced stuff, they utilize more fat for energy, So it's kind of, um, there's different ways that people manipulate this to sell fad diets and stuff or fad training programs, but (laughs) they say, oh, well, if you, if you're using fat as your energy source, then it's good to do that training. But what happens is your body becomes really good at storing fat because yeah, it knows yeah. that it's going to need the fat. Yeah. So you end up not being as lean versus if you're a sprinter and you're not using fat as your energy source, your main energy source, your body's going to say, I don't need fat because I need to be able to move really fast through space. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be really lean Get get, um, you know, so I can move faster and then I don't even need that fat as energy. So right that's why they become kind of lean. So you kind of see how the whole energy system thing works when you get to those elite levels of like, why does their body look like that? Because that's the efficient way to look for you to perform that specific movement that way.
0: Yeah. So
1: it's pretty cool.
0: That is don't, don't you also develop like, I know there's different muscle, uh, muscle fibers and, but yeah, don't you develop like what kind of like anaerobic versus aerobic, uh, I guess an energy system, um, I, I have a degree in biology, but I graduated seven years ago, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to recall it, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, they, if you look at, do they look at, like, they can look at, like, the cell of, like, a weightlifter, oh, God, I'm, I'm trying to remember it, but yeah, it's it has a much higher concentration of, I can't even remember, versus aerobic is, it's, well, I'm, I'm, my professors are ashamed so of before, me. So, <laughs> before, let me
1: cut you off <laughs> yeah, and help yeah,
0: you out here. Yeah, yeah.
1: So... Um, I ha- I actually got my undergrad in biology as well oh, so cool. All right. um, and I think I got mine seven years ago too so we're probably around okay. the same age. Okay cool. Um, but so what you're thinking of is aerobic and anaerobic so aerobic meaning the more oxidative um, fat utilizing yeah. uh, and it's correlated with type 1 muscle fibers, which are the slow twitch muscle mm-hmm. fibers versus the anaerobic, which is the fast twitch, muscle type because I think that's what you're thinking of type one and type two yeah right so depending on what type of muscle fibers you have genetically um, or what you're predisposed to. You might perform better in one or the other. Um, And then you can also train to kind of change Mm -hmm. your muscle fiber type supposedly. So um, or some muscle fiber types can be swayed in one direction versus another, Mm -hmm. depending on how you're training. So,
0: yeah, that's exactly what you're you're referring to. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Dude, I was. (laughs) I was obsessive with it and call, I've said it every podcast because apparently I, I always you need know, to blow my ego. I, I got into medical school out of college, but I decided not to go. But I was very much, I wasn't learning it like apparently you did. I was learning very much how to answer questions, like like the, the antithesis of education. You know, I was learning how to regurgitate because I was like, I need to answer these questions in this amount of time to get in. But yeah, it's talking to you I, I I realize no one else has a biology major that i 've talked to, and now talking to you, I realized I was like Oh my God, I've forgotten everything. <laughs> I've forgotten everything. Well,
1: don't be so hard on yourself. Cause I don't remember anything from undergrad, but all of this stuff is information that I basically got a refresher on with my master's degree. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm finishing my, I took all my classes for my master's. I'm just finishing up my thesis. And basically all we talk about are energy systems because it's, it relates to what we do for sports. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, I learned about marine life and plant biology, and <laughs> yeah. I don't remember a thing. I, yeah. I can't even remember the common names for most of this yeah. stuff. So.
0: Mitochondria is the powerhouse, the cell, and right. plant <laughs> cells have a cell wall. That's all I got. But, yeah, yeah. So what is what is getting a master's in – this is a stupid question. Is it a master's in powerlifting, or is there a much more scientific, professional name for it?
1: So either kinesiology or exercise science – so they i think they changed the name when i when i got into the program they called exercise science but i think now they're changing it to kinesiology but they're interchangeable
0: okay okay and so i don't know if you can talk about this if, if they're clients and if not it's fine what what kind of athletes have you worked with is there a specific type or is it like you said earlier every athletes of every sport can benefit from it
1: Definitely, athletes from any sport can benefit from it. But what I find is that mostly powerlifters gravitate toward me just because I'm I'm very involved with the community. So um, I work with a lot of power. I do powerlifting myself. And so um I work with a lot of female powerlifters and I've also since I have experience working on a military base, I work with a lot of military and the military is such a small community that when you're um any good at anything you do, it kind of spreads <laughs> yeah. through word of mouth. Yeah. So uh I'm glad I'm good and not bad so that you yeah, know, because yeah. either way it would spread. Yeah, that's <laughs> so,
0: true. That's true. Hey, this trick so, broke my um, back. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And and ironically, too, like, um, right as I was leaving my job at um, a military base, they started incorporating more power type training into their testing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you've heard about the ACF, the new ACFT, that they incorporate the deadlift. So it used to be just a run, um, sit-ups and push-ups, but now they're incorporating deadlifts, sled drags, leg tucks like all these different things and it's it's kind of cool because i got to i got to see what it was like before it changed yeah. and i was i was always like oh man they should totally incorporate more strength stuff and now they're doing it yeah and so it gives me the opportunity to like play around and like see what works for for them so that's really cool
0: how do you know that they didn't do it because of you
1: Right? That's are, what I'm saying. Are
0: you, dude? Uncle Sam just almost spent a trillion dollars in defense. I feel like you should be getting just a little, just a little smidgen of that. Just give me a yeah, thousandth thousand of a percent retire cash. forever. Yeah, seriously. No, that makes <laughs> sense, though, because, yeah, I mean, is there not, what better example is there of functional strength in the military? I mean, obviously, sports, but like, you know, on the lowest end, you'd have aesthetics where it's, so one of my friends was Mr. Bulgaria, like five years ago. He literally looks like the Terminator. But yeah, he's he, it's it's all, you know, you got to have this lighting, you got to have these shorts, you got to have like oil, you got to it's all about, you know, if you know, you got to eat like it's like no water leading up to it and then you got to load up on carbs, so it sucks the remaining water in your mouth, but it's all about very much, you know, how can I look like Hercules for a small moment of time on stage has nothing to do with functionality, not that they're not functional, but yeah i guess that makes sense something like navy seals or marines or aren't like yeah it it doesn't matter if they're you know if they've got cut up deltoids or triceps like if you're being shot at or you know if you don't you know if you're stranded in a jungle or a desert yeah i guess that makes sense you got to be able to move around um so kind of an oddball question what's the funnest thing or I guess funniest thing is there anything in particular that's just like you wouldn't expect that's just hilarious. Like I, I always ask that of people. Like one guy I had on operates uh, drones for the Air Force, and I asked him what's the funniest thing, and he's not exactly PG, so I won't go there. But what's the funniest thing that you see with in in your field of work?
1: Funniest? Well, just anything. I don't know about I don't know about funniest, but. Definitely, it has to be at this point, after doing it for so long, um, family reactions to people, to women who lift weights is just so bizarre to me. Because people are always so worried that if women start working out, they're going to start looking like the Hulk. And I'm like, but your son's been working out for for 10 years, and he doesn't even look (laughs) like he works out. Why would you think that I would look like a dude after... You know, Six so I, I think definitely, I think it hurts a lot of women's feelings, but I think that it's funny because yeah. it's so misguided, yeah. you know, like I was telling someone, someone was complaining of their, I think, mother-in-law, and I said, my mom had an intervention for me because she thought that protein powder was drugs, <laughs> and so it's like, what are you going to do? like. <laughs> You're ruining your butt as she's smoking her cigarette. Yeah. I love you, Mom. If you ever watch this, I love you so much. Yeah. But I find it so funny that yeah. it's like, really, you sat me down with other members of our family and you're like, This protein powder this needs is
0: to stop lock we're the worried. door. <laughs> the pol- yeah, yeah, so it's Every- just <laughs> it's just so silly. Everyone reads a letter. Mel, I've known you since you were this tall. And I <laughs> I can't believe that <laughs> Yeah, dude, I remember I remember in high school, probably when I was most into lifting, I remember I wanted to use muscle milk because it it tasted good. And I remember I got it and I like hit it. Yeah. And I like
1: fair life here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I I believe it. And it was it's not even the same house, but if you can see like a little door like that. It's like one of those little like storage things. Remember, I was 17 and I hit a bottle of muscle milk. I remember my mom found it, but it was like the same thing. She was like, what is this? And I was like, oh, shit. Like, sorry. And uh, it was, yeah, it was I was like, mom, look, you know, what the their big advertising thing was? It's like mother's milk. where it's, uh, they had all had the branch chain. And my mom was like, no, this is the stuff that will rot your liver. This will burn out your kidneys. I was like, mom, I was like, mom I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that is hilarious. You always see that with guys working out, too. It's, you know. I don't want to get too big. I don't want, to, yeah. I don't want to, you know. I don't want to be bulky. And the analogy I always use is like, if you set out to build a house, you're not worried about accidentally building the Empire State Building. Like you're, you're not accident you're not worried. Okay, maybe you want to build a two-story house. Maybe you put an attic in that you didn't want. But you don't build a hundred and two stories with limestone bricks, like in steel girders. It doesn't happen by accident you're not gonna you're not gonna accidentally put on 200 pounds of muscle and yeah it's the same thing it's like uh you always see it on instagram or we see memes like girls what girls think they're gonna look like if they start lifting and it's yeah it's you know one of those it's like a guinness book of world records it's like you know too tanned completely shredded kind of looks like a fried potato and it's like the reality of what they look like and it's just it's just a girl in better shape
1: yeah i mean I don't know if you've ever seen a competition in person where like these people will get off stage. So on stage, you know, you have the lights, the tan, all that stuff and they look huge. They look enormous. Yeah. Okay. I thought
0: you were talking about powerlifting.
1: Yeah. And then you see bodybuilders get off the stage and you're like. They're so small because yeah. to get that lean, you have to be really small and yeah. compact.
0: Yeah,
1: and so you have uh, these these women look like, and I don't mean this in an offensive way, but they look <laughs> like the size of children
0: mm-hmm.
1: because they're usually they're petite, so they're shorter and they're really tiny, like not even human looking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and then even these big big dudes are just they look normal in a t shirt and jeans.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, built obviously, but. Yeah. Um, they don't look bizarre, like on stage, they look bizarre because there's, they look so, um, proportionately large up top and, you know, they have huge legs, but then you put on a pair of normal clothes and you look like a normal guy. So it's like, I think there's a huge misconception that they're going to turn into Mr. Olympia if they work out. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, it doesn't work that way.
0: You're not going to turn into Ronnie Coleman. I don't know if you know who that is. The huge... Of course, you would probably know who he is. Like, what is it, eight-time Mr. Olympia? Lightweight! Let wait, Lightweight! Wait. Yeah, you're not going to look like yeah. that You're not going to look like that guy. Yeah, and it kind of gets to a point... Have you ever seen those pictures where it's like 1960s bodybuilders? Mm-hmm. Like, that looks really good as as a straight male. Like, that looks really good, you know? Like, that's that's something you look at. Like, if I could press a button and have that body, I would do that. But, yeah, you look at it today... And these guys walking up there, like Jay Cutler, Ronnie Coleman, they, they look like caricatures. Like,
1: So I saw Jay Cutler at the airport when I was leaving Vegas. I think it was Olympia weekend. And I was like, who is that guy? I feel like I know him. And I was staring for a while and I was like, oh my gosh, I think it's Jay Cutler. And then I realized, yes, and he's not an enormous... I mean, yeah. he's a big guy, but I yeah. mean, you have to, you have to figure like, you know, for a 250 pound man, he's going to be smaller because he's all muscle versus a 250 pound man who is, who doesn't work out. Right. Yeah. yeah. So if you compare like a 250 pound man, you're used to seeing on the street. So then you see a smaller guy, you never think it would be, you know, someone like Jay Cutler. So, yeah it's it's kind of crazy like it's kind of crazy they look like normal yeah everyday people
0: yeah. you know yeah yeah one of my one of my close friends is so one of my friends looks like the terminator the other looks like rocky <laughs> but
1: uh where are you finding these friends at <laughs> dude i
0: went to i went to high school with one of them he's my buddy i designed his logo for his his uh, fitness thing and uh mm-hmm. yeah i've known him since high school even in high school everyone's like dude he looks like sylvester stallone and he embraces it it's hilarious and then the other guy i worked at a bar in uh, Ocean City, Maryland in 2011. And I literally just remember like seeing this dude walk up and I was like, it's like 6'4", was giant. And I was like, just kind of looking, he looked at me and I was like, you look like the Terminator, man. I just, I didn't know what else to say. I was just like- And then you're like, do you want to be my friend? Well, kind of was. He came up to me and this is not now, but at the time I was probably like the leanest I ever was. And I remember he wasn't super, he was huge and he was cut, but not like, you know, I had terrible, I had, like, literal OCD. And so I would, like, die to extreme extents. But I remember he came up to me. And it was just sort of, like, a disconnect in, like, culture. Like, he came up to me, barely spoke English. And he came up to me, and like, he grabbed my arm. And he was like, you had a good bicep separation. He, like, turned me around. He, like, lifted up my back. And he was like, latissimus, good, good triceps. And I was just like... If anyone else did this, you know, I would have hit him. I would have been like, dude, like, get up. But here and I was kind of intimidated and I was also just kind of confused. And he was like, pulled up my shirt and like touched my stomach. He was like, need to work on the obliques. And I was just like, what the And <laughs> We kept going. But, uh, yeah. So is he Russian? He's from Bulgaria. OK, he's, yeah. And uh, he was over here working for the summer and he and I would work every night. And he's I mean, he's been one of my closest friends since then. Now he lives in Vegas now. And He moved here, I think, two years ago. But yeah, yeah. I, so now
1: everyone who's listening knows that if they want to be friends with you, they just have to grope you at a bar. <laughs> well, no, nah, I don't know, dude. That's I, basically what you told everybody who's watching. Well,
0: I well, that's the beauty of editing is I can cut all that out. <laughs> no, <laughs> dude. I, I guess yeah. I guess I did just throw that out there. Just be my friend, you have to come up and grope me. It's not going to go over well. But yeah, so that's how I know the Terminator and Rocky. Um, <laughs> But yeah, did this guy, I, I love him. He, he's So he moved back to Bulgaria, and I think he won the national championship, not national championship, oh. national, Mr. Bulgaria. And then he came over again, was Christmas 2016. And this is when I was down at the University of Georgia. And he was like, he was like, I want to see like SEC school. And I was like All right man You want to come down And stay with me And he was like yes And he came down And I was like All right I'm going to I'm going to see his tricks I'm going like, to I'm going to see this key. I know he's going to be Using steroids or something Dude every morning It was just He'd march me to the gym At like 5 a.m. I've never I've never thrown up From working out I have three times in my life All three times with Ivan Well that's his name I guess Yeah But Yeah I'm going off on a tangent About Ivan and Rocky But you ask Where do I meet these people It's I I I don't really know how to describe it. I just know Rocky and in, in the in the Terminator. But yeah. So kind of segueing from that, do you have problems with people in powerlifting with using performance enhancing drugs? Or is that more heavily regulated?
1: What do you mean by so, that?
0: So like like professional sports, like you get caught now. It's, you can't you know you have to go to great lengths to get away with doping. I could be speaking out of turn, but I feel like in aesthetics, it's you know someone like Ronnie Coleman or Jay Cutler, they're probably not being checked for it. But I feel like something with powerlifting where it's all numbers, I feel like that would be pretty heavily, you know, you can't be going in there and, and bench pressing you know, 900 pounds and blowing away the competition, but you're, you know, you're full of like horse testosterone or something.
1: Okay. So I see what you're asking. So for both bodybuilding and powerlifting, there's tested and untested federations. So, um, they, so they kind of get around having to actually test for, steroids because they, instead of calling themselves drug tested organizations, they say drug free. Like they don't really necessarily support the use of drugs, but they don't test for it.
0: Yeah.
1: So, um, and you know, a lot of like those bodybuilding competitions, like Mr. Olympia stuff, they're, they're not tested, but there are tested federations. Um, like, um,
0: IFBB is that it?
1: Well, I don't think IFBB does OCB does. Um, But IFPV is basically like the um, international version of NPC. So NPC is national and IFPB is more international. So I'm not going to get into the details of that, but um, it's the same. Some federations test, some federations don't and some federations have tested and untested divisions mm-hmm. so it just depends what you if you want to compete against people who don't use or supposedly don't use you have the option but you know those even for the federations that do test they don't test everybody so um, you can still be competing against people who are using and they're just not getting tested and you know there's always ways around I mean you saw Lance Armstrong there's mm-hmm. ways to around it if people want to um, want to cheat bad enough. Um, so you kind of never know. I mean, at the end of the day, we're not doing this for money. We're doing this for fun. So there's not really a point in going into a tested federation and using, I think that's kind of crappy to do, but, um, people do it. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. What's the, I feel like it would be harder with powerlifting because it's so, I mean, it's the laws of physics. You have this much. You have the ability to move to, to, to this much work. You can only, you know, you're a you're a pretty determined organism. Your muscle mass, what you can do, what physical work you can do, versus something like basketball, where you could go in and just shoot lights out. Is there? A, have you ever seen a case of someone like going in on like, or I guess the equivalent of game day, and just doing better than they've ever done by a long shot or is it pretty much like because i feel like if you could if you could somehow tap into like your adrenaline i mean you always hear stories of like old ladies like lifting over cars you know i feel like if you could somehow tap i don't know how you would do it but if you could somehow tap into like life or death like just like an epinephrine norepinephrine just wash i mean i feel like you could like deadlift like two tons is there any way of doing that or is it pretty much like kind of determined
1: I mean, for sure. I'm one of those people and there's, we purposely peak for our meats. So prior to, so it's called like overreach or super compensation where you're basically fatiguing yourself. And then at the point where your body thinks you're going to put a really strong stimulus, it'll overcompensate by, you know, trying to recover more and then you remove that stimulus. So you're the recovery is going up but the stimulus is going down so the fatigue is dropping and so if you time it right you can actually perform significantly better than you would on any normal training day and so there's a few things that go into that uh one of them is just you know there's studies done where people who compete just in general perform better during competition than during training because of the added stimulus um, and there's something called the inverted u-curve of um, excitability. Have you heard of that? Where, you know, if you're not excited enough, you're bored, your training's not gonna be very good. And if you're too excited, then your training also won't be good or your performance won't be good. It'll be negatively impacted. So there's this um, peak of excitability where you're kind of anxious, nervous, excited, but you're not overexcited or over caffeinated, overstimulated. Okay. Uh, I'm sure if you've ever slammed a bunch of caffeine, yeah, you, n- you, you know where it's like yeah. <laughs> your peak. And then after that, it's like, where am I? Yeah, and everything's yeah, all. yeah. So it's the same for um, athletic performance where just the fact that you're in front of a crowd makes you um, nervous, anxious, adrenaline, you know, all that stuff is flowing. And so you're, you, you will perform better than you would if that stimulus was taken away from you. And people do things like ammonia inhalants. I don't know if you've seen that, but ammonia inhalants, wake you up, make you focus, (laughs) stop thinking, just go execute and you perform really well my one of my best competitions i deadlifted 330 for my singles as my heaviest singles leading up to my competition i hate deadlifting i refuse to do it and so in competition i think i opened with i don't know somewhere in the low 300s like either 330 or 340 something like that and i was like i'm done i don't want to do my second and third attempt and uh susan salazar one of the like world record holding powerlifters and a great, uh, she's an IFBB pro. She was there and she's like, no, you can do another one. I'm like, oh my gosh, no, I can't. So she's like, I'm going to pick your attempt. She goes, she tells them my number. I go, I pick it up like butter. It was 375. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. And she's like, no, no, no. We do another one. That was so easy. I was like, okay, but don't tell me what it is. So yeah. she goes, she tells them, and I pick it up again like nothing, 391. And Good that was Lord. my best deadlift to date. And I didn't even know how much I was lifting. Yeah. Because it, it's just that that, like, you know, not only tapering and peaking, but... Being in that environment where you're like, okay, it's like life or death. Yeah, Everybody's stirring, you gotta perform. Yeah. So you end up doing a lot better, at least I do. So
0: Yeah, that makes sense. When I was in high school, I lived in Maine for a year, and I remember I did track and it was like the only competition I did, but it was like it's like a four hundred meter relay. And I remember we were losing. I think we were in fourth place and I was I sucked at it but i remember the uniforms were so stupid and i i felt i felt like such an idiot for wearing these like flamboyant like and i'm super white so i was just like i look i mean i just remember like people looking at me i, I literally remember overhearing people being like "Dude, look at that guy like I, cause I just felt like an idiot and that was the fastest i had ever run 100 meter because i was like i just want them to shut up but yeah it not nearly the same as what you just described but i kind of i kind of get it it's it's Yeah, it's it's go time. It's do you think it had anything to do with the fact that she was there that you want to impress her? Or do you think it's just more so like you said, everyone's there. It's loud. It's, you know, it's it's go go time. It's game day.
1: You know, um, it's interesting you say that you're the first person to mention that. But I think that she definitely had a role to play and not so much. I wanted to impress her, but I wanted to do right by her because um, I wouldn't want her to be disappointed by get the advice that she gave me. Mm-hmm. So, um, I wanted to perform just so, um, I don't know, it's, it's this type of like the support that you get, you want to kind of give back mm-hmm. in a way too. It's kind of weird to say that because you're the competitor, you're not really doing anything for the person, but yeah. it makes people feel good to know that they helped you yeah. in a way too.
0: Yeah.
1: And she actually, so it's, it's, Powerlifts is kind of really niche. So if you you don't know, or you haven't seen what I'm talking about, it's going to sound so bizarre. But we do this thing where, um, like, when you're getting up to go, and it has something to do with the adrenaline you're talking about, we do what's called trap slaps. So you'll slap the back (laughs) of a person's like literally their traps just to get them in that, um, fight or flight mode where, Oh crap, I need to fight back. And so she gave me some solid slaps. (laughs) Like she's super strong, right? World record holding powerlifter, bodybuilder. And she slaps me and I'm just like, Holy crap, the world is spinning. (laughs) And then I go up. And so it definitely had a lot to do with, and she also stood behind me. You're allowed to have a spotter, And she was yelling in my ear and it, it, that kind of stuff really helps with, um, execution. Cause if you, and that's one of the reasons I compete in USPA, somebody actually asked me on my, uh, Instagram, why I compete in USPA. USPA is awesome about their rules. Like the rules are very competitor focused. So. Um, you can have spotters behind you, you can have loud music, you could have people yelling versus some other federations, they turn the music down, they like people to be quiet, and I think that that hinders performance, yeah. because they basically want to make it so that there's no distractions, and so in, it, to them it's um, justified because they don't want you know someone to yell and it throws you off. But to me, it's like when I'm competing in powerlifting, I want people yelling in my face. I want people to make me feel like I'm fighting for my life because, you know... You want to feel that energy. Yeah. So uh, I really like USP for that. And I I really, I really think it makes a huge difference. And, and it's been researched. I mean, if you have somebody giving you verbal or audio cues while you're performing, you're much likely to perform better. Mm-hmm. So there's like science behind it. It's yeah. not just someone saying, oh, I think I like it. Yeah. You know, so it definitely, definitely helps.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I got to throw it back at you. If you said, uh, if guys want to be my friends, just come up and grope me. So if you want people, if, if if you need to perform, people need to come up and just slap you on the trap, just wham, just like what's up, dude.
1: So it depends because <laughs> so there's some people. It's so, so funny like, too because me. a lot of my a lot of my friends and um, like if I ask my friends, oh, can you slap me? Can you give me a trap slap? They'll they'll have difficulty because they don't want to hurt you or hit you, right? Yeah. Um, and but there was this one time, and I, it sticks out to me because I asked one of um, one of my people, I'm like, give me give me a trap slap. I got this the stupidest slap. I was like, no, I need to find a big dude and have him give me a good smack. And so I found a guy who does powerlifting, so he knew what I was talking about, and he nearly knocked me out. Like he hit me so hard, and I ended up. <laughs> I ended up pulling 390 for like three reps, which is more than I've ever done before. So I was like, holy crap. Dude, I wonder. It like deflects the pain that you feel other places because your body's vibrating. At least mine was. Yeah. The dude was big and he hit me hard. But I had more respect for him after that, you know, because I was like, he, he didn't, he treated me like a competitor, not Mm -hmm. like a, like a chick, you know, yeah, I like that
0: yeah no i get that i mean i'm not a power lifter so i don't get it but i I do get it like yeah it's would it work so is there a, is there a point where it goes too far though could you get the wind knocked out of you could you you know if you just keep scaling it up like what are my terminator friend like if he did it i think that would legitimately like hurt me like i don't think i would be able to do whatever i had to do after is that a concern or is it just course, keep going?
1: Yeah. No, for sure. And I think that I think you definitely have to experience it so you know how much pressure and what someone can tolerate. Um, because the way you you kind of make contact makes a difference like you don't want it to sting but you want the pressure so you know if someone if you know someone is like kind of experienced in that regard you can trust them to do it appropriately without hurting you Um, and at the same time you don't want you don't want to leave something to be desired because then it's like, okay, I didn't get the effect that I mm-hmm. wanted, but it's one of those things that's very gray and you definitely don't want to hurt. And you definitely don't want to do it to someone that doesn't want you to do it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Cause some people don't like to be touched. Uh, but I'm just one of those people like I I, I can tolerate it and I, I like it I think it provides the right stimulus for me because I don't like being touched but in that circumstance it gives me the right amount of focus that I need so um, but yeah that's definitely a concern but I have a question for you so, yeah. so if you don't do powerlifting how did you find me?
0: you know so there's, there's... I always
1: figure people are powerlifters when they come to my page so. no
0: I think what it was is It had something to do with Photoshop because you had.
1: I remember that for sure. Yeah,
0: that's the, you know, I don't know. I think I follow like 4,000 people and I think I know like 100 of them. So I think I'm someone that like if I go on YouTube and I see and I watch any video that I enjoyed for even a millisecond, like subscribe. Like I just, you know, even if it's stuff that I know I'll never watch again. So that's honestly probably what it was. I've had I had someone else on who was the same thing I'm having a photographer on on Saturday and it was yeah he was like where did you find me and I was like you know I don't I don't really know so yeah no there's no there's no like sane answer to that like I don't know it's just one of those people where I just kind of realized one day like oh I've seen their picture a lot and then I did the photoshop for you and you put it up and I was like oh that was cool And I was just trying to find guests for my my podcast. And I was like, do you want to do my podcast? The success rate is probably like 1 in 20. Most people will say, well, people will say yes, or they just won't respond. And you were like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. But yeah, no, there's really no like sane, normal answer for that. I have no idea.
1: I mean, that's fair. You know, (laughs) I mean, I I remember you because I thought that was a really cool Photoshop. So... Yeah, I reposted it and people loved it. So yeah. I thought it was I thought it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Did the, the little retro thing.
0: Yeah, no. I threw it on like I found like a picture of the Great Depression. I threw it over that because I remember you. What? <laughs> <Lord. laughs> well, no, no. It was the Great Depression. So God, <laughs> it's very depressing. No, I'll find I'll find the picture for you that I used. But so it's like that guy by that like old timey like, you know. Corella Deville like 101 Dalmatians car and I think he's like right on Wall Street so I cut your image out and I put it over that but actually where I put your image behind it is actually a sign and it's the guy selling his car I said lost everything during the, lost everything on like whatever no. what was the great first black Thursday like, lost everything in the crash like have two it's actually really depressing uh <laughs> but but i I purposely put your I sized it right up so it just looked like you were this baller in, like, 1920s, 30s New York. Yeah, no, it's actually... That like...
1: sucks, too, because it's like, everybody's like, oh, I'm I'm suffering from the Depression, and here I am with my fur coat and my hair all
0: done. <laughs> hey, dude, no, I think it's probably... Because I guess the richest kind of got away from... If you look at the Great Depression, actually, the tippy-top most richest, not to go into history, but, like, Astor, Vanderbilt, Rockefeller, they all made a ton of money off of it. So, I mean, I don't know. If you wanted to turn it into some, like statement piece you could you could it it sounds a lot smarter than it was in reality it was just like oh i can do a quick photoshop no i remember making that and i sent it to you and then i remember thinking like i've never talked to this person before and i was like oh man this is probably gonna be really creepy (laughs) like hey i made this photoshop and i was like oh god why did i just do that i wasn't even thinking no but you thought it was cool so that was cool yeah yeah
1: it's so interesting you're saying that because i have so many people who message me who are like, oh, you're probably never going to even read this or you're never going to even respond or you're never. And I'm just like, why do people think that? I don't, I don't get it. But then now that you say one in 20 people actually agrees to do your podcast, that makes sense. But I've had people literally like, hey, thank you so much for actually talking to me like a friend because nobody talks to me. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of A jerk move like why wouldn't you talk to like a person literally took the time to do for example a photoshop or to say something nice as long as it's respectful I don't think there's a problem with being like hey thank you I appreciate that or hey that was really cool or you know I can't talk I'm busy but you know keep in touch whatever it is as long as, you know, there's, you know, boundaries, obviously mm-hmm. I get being a woman, you get bombarded sometimes, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I think it's okay to be civil. I don't think you lose anything from it. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's really cool because, you know, I got to go on your podcast and, you know, you get content for your stuff and I get to talk about my stuff and I think it's a win-win. Yeah. So no, that I've... doesn't happen if you ignore people.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think it probably helped that I have like a page full of photoshops and I do a ton of photoshop. I think it probably would have been weird otherwise. But no, I get it entirely. It's it's not weird. I mean, I've like people I have on this, though, I say, like, thanks for having me on, man. Like there's a there's a guy I'm going to have on later today who does. uh, It's like one of the leading like robotics engineers at NASA, like infinitely smarter than me and i was like yeah dude text me and um let's work out a time and he was like oh, i'd love to do it. he's like thank you so much for having me on i was like what are you talking about dude i was like thank you for coming on like it, it, i'm not joe rogan I, I have i have 70 subscribers like I, d- thank you for coming on th- yeah that's what i say to people i'm like dude you gave me an hour and a half of your day like it it, it, it what are you talking about
1: I think it's nice that people know that someone's interested in something that they care about. Yeah. You know, and I think it's as simple as that. Yeah. So, and one day when you have a million subscribers, they're going to be one of the first people who were on your show and they're going to be famous along with you. So.
0: Yeah, that that's how, that's how I sold it to like the first like three episodes <laughs> I did with friends. No, I'm not kidding. Because I was like, I can't, because I was messaging people like you just – like, hey, we do my podcast, and I was like, hey, can I have a link? And I'd be like, I don't have any episodes. And There's just kind of, you can't really sell that. So I started, I started texting friends, and I was like, hey, I need you to just come on and just fill space for an hour. I need to get like five episodes in, so it actually looks legitimate. And they're like, why would I do that? And I'm like, one day when I'm famous, you can be episode one. That's how I got the first guy. He was like, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. Can't guarantee him anything yet, but no, that's yeah, that's. But you you hit the nail on the head. That I like having people on that are passionate about what they do. I don't you know, I don't want to just talk to anyone. I like people that that light up when they talk about what they're doing. So, you know, whenever I ask people to come on, they're like, Well, you know, what what is it about? I'm like, dude, it's about, you know, I had on an FBI agent, I had on a guy that worked for NASA two people that worked for NASA. Today will be three. I had on a guy that operates drones for the Air Force. I had on a guy last week that works for the uh or not works is a an Israeli special op soldier like i want to ha- i told you like i want to have on my my older cousin who's was an army ranger like there's no if you try to look at some common theme you know it's not like oh this is political or hey we're going to talk about overcoming x y and z i just want people on that they're doing what they love like there's there's a certain I don't know. It's, you know, so many people, they'll give you one or two answers. I hate my job, or how's your job? Well, I don't hate it, but no one's ever like, this is what I love. Like, this is what I love to do. And maybe that's why it's one in 20 people. Maybe most people just don't want to come on. But I try to find, I only message people that are like doing stuff they want to do. So, you know, whether it's you in powerlifting or whether it's like, I had a guy on last week that's an aviation photographer, literally like, Straps on to, like the back of a plane has like a little bubble and like shoots photos out of there and He like asked me afterwards. He's like, why'd you have me on? I'm like because you love what you do That's why I want to have you on. So yeah, that's why I had you on and that's Yeah Kind of talking in circles. That's really like.
1: cool No, yeah, I, I get that I so I was approached um, last year for a podcast interview by um a woman named Heidi. And so she wanted me to go on for her. She does a uh, future is female powerlifting. I'm, uh, and you know, she just had launched her podcast and she asked me to be on. And I was so busy with my masters. Uh, I was in the middle of uh, my semester. And then I think this was whew, 2018, she reached out and then, um, a year later she reached out to me again either a year or six months some a long time had passed and I was in the middle of another semester and I was like "Uh, oh I can't do it yeah and then um and then I had gone to referee a at a competition and I think she came up to me or I came up to her I don't remember she's like are you Mel and I was like yeah (laughs) she's like oh my gosh like you know i was the one who was doing the podcast and stuff and i was like oh what a small world yeah. like i feel i feel like i felt so bad <laughs> well, i was like oh, i'm so busy i'm literally i'm the type of person who will work seven days a week yeah and i would work eight if there was an eighth day yeah and so like having that um and you know honestly i'm i know i have a kind of semi large following on social media, but I don't like being behind the camera. I don't like being in the spotlight. Uh, I like focusing on my athletes. I like mm. focusing on my work. Mm. So I don't like talking about me. And that was why I was kind of like, what are we talking? About yeah. Myself. Cause I don't think, and this is going to sound kind of cold, but people don't care about care about what I do maybe, right? So it's it's like I wanted to shift that focus from this is me, this is my life, to here's why my work is valuable, okay. you know, and this is the type of people that can use it. Okay. And um, – I think when I realized that, you know, you can still you can still do that in these types of scenarios. You can make it about your work. Like you said, if you're passionate, yeah. you can talk about it. And um, it makes it less, uh, I guess, nerve-wracking to be yeah. on, yeah. you know, on a, on a thing. But I actually linked up with her. I was like, hey, some guy asked me to do a podcast. And I would feel so bad if I didn't reach <laughs> out to you first. Because I don't want it to seem like I'm blowing you off. So she... We did one like a week or two ago um, and she's going to post it like in in a month. So, yeah, when I first met her, she had barely any and now she has like a whole bunch. So people are into podcasts, listen to Futures Female Powerlifting and she has a lot of different like fitness people on there. It's really cool.
0: Yeah. I was was, As you were telling that story, I was going to say like, do you want me to like delay uploading this? You should reach out to her. I was thinking I was like. I don't know, man, you don't want to turn her down twice and then pop up on this one and be like, oh, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I definitely didn't, I didn't want to be that, that person, because even though that wasn't my intention, you never know how people take it, but it turned out really well. So we did the, we did the podcast. It was awesome talking to her and. Um, it was really fun, so that was kind of like a practice but it was very different than than this <laughs> yeah very different yeah so um, but it's it's very cool so with her I got to talk about like my research and stuff like that. But I do want to say for the thousands of subscribers that are going to be on here at some point, um, if y'all want to get into powerlifting, visit www.teampowerlifting.com. It's my webpage. Uh, It's not just me who's coaching. I have... um, You know, one of my coaches who works for a team, she's really good with habit coaching, with nutrition, with mindset, uh, with weight loss, general training. So even if you're not into the weights, if you want to work on your diet, she can help you out. Uh, I have, so Wade Johnson, who coached me for my last competition, he works for A-Team, too. He has his own coaching, but he also works with us. He does strongman, Olympic lifting. He's, um, He's one of the... Worlds. He he has like world records. I believe in both sports: for powerlifting and strongman. Oh damn! Uh, and he used to do Olympic lifting. I don't know if he does it anymore, but great, great guy. Great people. Um, so we have all sorts of people who um, who coach different niche sports. So anybody who's interested, we're still taking people on. So
0: dude, yeah. I'll, and I'll I'll put your uh, I'll put your website in the video description and stuff. I'm not. I won't leave you hanging. Um. So, okay, I, now I have to ask you for, I guess, because we're coming up on an hour. You said you started your company, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. I, and is obviously successful now. What, give me a walkthrough on what it was like to first, and it doesn't have to be long, first start. The basic, because I'm starting this and I want this to succeed. And it's, you know, it's, it is, it, it's terrifying because it's, like I said, like you, I have a degree in biology. I got into medical school in Miami and it's kinda like it's, you're doing a podcast now and there's just sorta like it's what I really want to do and I and I know it can work. You know, it just like four years before I applied to med school, I was like, I know it can work. If I start getting A's now, doing research now, shadowing doctors now, I know it can work. But I had to you know, it sounds cheesy, but like I had to see it for myself, even if no one else could see it. You're someone, so you started your company. You said in 2015.
1: Yeah, so I went independent in 2015, and so my business is probably my favorite thing to talk about because it's my baby. Uh, and f- like, of course,
0: I don't, I forget to bring it up until now. All right.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's fine. It's I just never know if other people want to hear about it, but Dude, I, I want to hear about I it. I never, tell me. What was
0: it? I said I want to hear about it. Tell me.
1: It is. It's been such a fun ride and I would have never ever in a million years expected to have it be as successful as quickly as it had. Uh And um, I mean, there's so much that goes into building a business from the ground up and I had no help from anybody. So everything I did, I did a hundred percent by myself. And um, I actually do business coaching now for people who are in the fitness industry. Uh, because I had a lot of people come to me and ask me, like for example, hey, I want to become a personal trainer, how do I do it? I want to be an online coach, how do I do it? And Stephanie who works for A-Team, my company, she started out as a client of mine and then she was one of the people who came up to me and said, I wanna do personal training, how do I do it? And I walked her through, She, she was a trainer for a little while and then I asked her, hey, do you wanna do online coaching with us? cause I thought she was very, uh, she was on top of it. Like as a client, she was Mm -hmm. really good and she was always responsive and on, you know, on point. So I really liked that. And so I offered that to her and she, um, she was willing to intern. And I was like, no, I'm going to pay you because I really appreciate the work and I understand how hard it can be. So, um, but Not to get so far into that, how I started. What I was a personal trainer for a long time, and then when I went and I moved to, I moved to New York when I was working on a on a military installation. So when I moved from LA to New York, my clients in LA were like, "What are we supposed to do?" And I couldn't find a replacement. Because there are so many trainers in LA but trainers unfortunately uh, have a bad track record of either flaking mm-hmm. or being unreliable or their specialty wasn't powerlifting or the price was just you know not in the range so I offered to write pro training programs and just send it via email and I said send me back your videos. And so that worked out really well. And then through word of mouth and I and through I actually worked for free for a long time, building my skills as a communicator via email. Because mm-hmm. it's very different talking to explaining to someone with words yeah. Yeah. versus being able to be like, no, move, move this this way, uh-huh. you know, guide them with your hands. And so um, so I to practice, I said, hey, I'll, I'll coach you guys for free. And people took me on and and two of the three people that I first took on continued with me. And then one of those three is still with me today. yeah! Oh, and so from those people, it started with, you know, word of mouth, people saying, who's your coach and, um, me kind of building it that way. And then just doing working, like, honestly, if you ask my, my clients have seen it firsthand where we've done, trips together. Last year was our first trip in July. We we all from all over the country met up in Nashville to compete together. And the entire time I was on my laptop working while we were there. Yeah. I would sit each one of them down and like you know, go through their stuff. And that's been my life. My life has been waking up in the morning working and then all the way until I go to bed at night. And so I think I'm of the mind where if you work really, really, really hard every day, put in the time, put in the effort, take rejection. Cause I've gotten rejected more than I can tell you. And that's probably why I don't like rejecting people when they okay. reach out to me, when they need help, when they want to build their business, when they want to talk to me, I'm, I try to be there as much as I can. I don't, I don't like thinking in a scarcity mentality where okay. if I help you, I'm not going to get a client because okay. I would rather have, I would rather give a client and have three than gi- like, not you not have one. So I don't have any either because, and people are like that. It's like, you know, they give the example. If you, um, if you give an egg from your chicken coop, you can have a cake, but you don't want to give your egg. So you don't get a piece of the cake. It's like that. I don't, I really think there's like 7 billion people in the world. There's plenty of clients to go around. Mm -hmm. Why would you not want to support other people who are in even your same industry, do you really think you're dipping into the same pond? Do you really think you're not unique enough? You can't stand out? and so you're worried, and so you don't wanna help anyone, I really think that limits you. And part of, I think, why I feel I've been successful is because I have never been scared to be friends with people who do what I do because I know what makes me unique. Mm-hmm. And I would rather support people, and even if I don't do as well, that that's not my ultimate goal, isn't to make X amount of money. I don't care about that. My ultimate goal is get people strong enjoy the sport, enjoy my life, create services that people love, make friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if my ultimate goal was make the most amount of money and don't, and, you know, make sure to squish everyone on the way up because I don't want them to dull my shine. I think that's the wrong attitude to have part of powerlifting. What makes it an awesome community is the fact that people support each other. And so part of that support is, Hey, You might have to give up a client or you might have to take your client and say hey this that's not my specialty you should go Uh with my friend whoever it is and it's their specialty and not be worried that all of your clients are going to leave you if you provide a good service you have good intentions and you do your job the way you should you're going to get your clients so i i really i think that's kind of the bottom line for me and and why um a team has done so well is because if you're if you're caring and compassionate you're not gonna you're not gonna do poorly yeah
0: you know yeah it's yeah no i get that entirely there's some people they don't like the they embrace the idea of the zero sum game if i help you that's taking from me and it's first of all that's not always the case and second of all if that is the case it's not always bad like it's what you said it's but you also said to go back to it Said you wake up in the morning and it's what you're doing till you go to sleep That's That's what I did in college to get into medical school and I hated it That's what I do with this podcast may not look like it, but it's what I do all day Mostly hey, would you like to do my podcast? Okay. No, would you like to do my (laughs) you know? No, okay but it's I almost find that's what I like to do more than anything else like when you find the thing that you love and Right now, I'm like right now. The thing that's fueling me is like the dream of turning into a business. Like you've actually done it. I can't even imagine what it's like to actually turn it into a thing that puts food on the table. Like, so I, I don't. I'm not even making anything off this yet. I will gladly take any sponsorships from anyone. But it's what I. It's just what I do all day, and it's like I don't want to do anything else. And that's what you said. You said you wake up and you go till you go to sleep, and that's all. If you could work eight days a week, you would. But. I think again I think if most people could have that opportunity they would but they're doing stuff that they don't want to do so they don't it's not really a question i don't know what i'm saying but
1: no i i i completely understand because life gets in the way right you have bills you have family you have other things that you need to focus on and for the large portion because like i said i worked for free at first so there you know i still have to pay my bills and i worked a nine to five to just have a, a base income and everything i did in addition to that was just, you know, I didn't even consider that really my income. And, um, you know, at a certain point I was waking up and I, I never thought I would completely go online because right now my business is purely online. I hardly work with people in person. Mm-hmm. My work was mainly personal training for the for bulk of when I was doing this. Um, and I told I would wake up and I would go to uh, service clients from about 530 in the morning until uh, 7 thirty or eight a.m and then or 7 thirty and then I'd go to work from eight to or nine go home at lunch to make um to make you know lunch and dinner I'd meal prep during my lunch break yeah. and I had to let my dogs out yeah and then I would go back to work work until five get off go to the gym at you know 5 thirty or six service clients until eight and this was my life every day. So I would do four hours of personal training most days of the week, and the rest eight hours was my um, my regular work. And then I would do my online coaching at night. I would be on my phone, you know, looking yeah. at emails, yeah. responding. Sundays, I would spend all day writing programs, so 12 to 14 hours, laundry in between, meal prep in between, uh, whatever I, I needed to do. And that was, that was basically my life. And on weekends, I even would book some promotional events. So I would, I worked for Coca Cola, I worked for uh, some supplement companies for MMA events, stuff like that. And that helped me pay the bills while I was growing my business. Mm-hmm. And I told myself, I'm never going to quit my day job. unless I side gig, which was personal training and coaching, as I'm doing for my day job. Once that happened, and that happened faster. I wasn't making very much money, I'll be honest. But once that happened, um, you know, I I was like, okay, I'm I'm making equivalent money. If I quit my job, um, I'll be making half as much. But there's room for me to work more during that day, yeah, during yeah, that time. Yeah, yeah and that was when i transitioned into personal training and coaching mainly that was 2016 ish and then um by 2018 by the beginning of 2018 i completely stopped personal training focused purely on coaching and i was getting at that time so much business that i had to turn it away um yeah and and so i Ended up st- stupidly saying, oh, I should do a master's program since I'm so busy. Um, Logical. And that was, that was, I'm, I'm insane. Sometimes I wonder, I question my sanity, but it's a, when I say work from morning to night, I don't, I don't just mean um, on what I love. It's you have to do what you have to do to survive. And part of that is you have to work a job that you might not necessarily like. Um, to pay the bills and then your free time where you're you're typically watching tv which now I I watch a ton of tv now I used to not watch very much tv because I was working I couldn't I didn't have time so maybe when I was doing folding laundry I might watch a show but but like all the time that we spend doing bs which is like fooling around on the computer, on your phone, Mm -hmm. on Instagram, on Netflix, on whatever, that's a choice you're making. Mm -hmm. You're choosing not to uh, invest in your passion and you're choosing to invest in your entertainment. Mm -hmm. And so when you do that, you're taking away from what you can be building. Like I've had 10 years of like so much work that I didn't even realize that I was taking away from my family, I was taking away from my friends, I was taking away from everything, because it meant so much to me. But yeah. you have to make sacrifices. One yeah. of the questions I got um, on my uh, on my Instagram uh, for you know, I, I did a little poll. What, what, what would you like yeah, to yeah. hear about? And someone said, "How do you balance powerlifting and family?" And for me, powerlifting was never the issue because powerlifting was a few hours a week but what about my work that's 14 yeah. hours a day and I'm too tired to have a conversation with people that I love? Yeah, That's, that was, that's been the struggle for myself. My relationships have been, I've been sacrificing that cause I haven't prioritized them. So yeah. like all of that goes into how, how much does it mean to you? Do you really want to build like, you know, if one of my clients, she's so funny, she called it, she's like, are you building an empire? You have so many clients now. And, really it gave me so much gratification it was almost like um addiction to service you know addiction to uh building processes and fine-tuning your systems and all that stuff it really you know it's habit forming so yeah um
0: but when it's yeah yeah when it's what you love and it's what you're working towards it you you don't really at least in my my experience like in in college like i i was never like a good student ever in my life and I, i my second year of college i was like i have to get i have to get straight a's to get into med school and it's i mean like you're saying your client said you're on your computer dude i used to walk between classes on uga's campus with my phone and i just in between courses even if it was five minutes i'd be going over organic chemistry slides just what can i do you know for christmas break it would like i would do christmas and then i would go upstairs at like my aunt's house and earplugs and I'd be doing exam crackers. I'd be doing physics questions and <clears throat> looking back at it. It was it was yeah, a lot of work, but I, I you know, I kept a journal in college because I knew one day I'd want to like, look back at what I thought, because when you look back at your memories and you try to remember things, you're looking at it through where you are now. And so I was like, mm-hmm. I want to see where and most of it I read. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's just there's nothing profound at all. Oh, there's some. But mostly I'm just like, oh, you're so dumb, but One of the things was like, you know, like I can like I can hear all my friends like downstairs drinking and like they're they're calling my name and like, but I really want to get an A in this class because like 1% of people get A's and like I want to I want to do that. And like, am I sacrificing friendships? Am I sacrificing? And for a while I told myself I wasn't. And then I finally admitted that I was. And then I finally admitted I was and that I was OK with it. Not that not because I didn't like love them. And, you know, if I could have my cake and eat it, I would like I would, you know, if I could be in perfect shape and also go to Golden Crow every night, if I could drink all night and hang out with friends and also work on my podcast, I would have it all. Who wouldn't? But it was, it was, I finally admitted to myself, like, yes, I am sacrificing. And it's not because like I love them any less or it's not because I don't want to, you know, go out drinking with them any less. It's there's, I think you only in it. You know, it sounds so snobby, but it's like you only know it if you're really pursuing something with like your body and soul. Like there's a gratification from it that you really can't understand outside of it. And it's, it's it's exactly what you said. It's it's you won't know until you're doing it. But it's like you're. It really is. I mean, it's it's your baby. You're 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 constructing this thing. And no one else can see it but you. And even though it's just a little bit into anyone else on the outside it just looks like chaotic, like, oh this person's a workaholic, like or they just, you know, they're refusing everyone. But that's that's not what it is. It's it's like it's like you see this like coloring book that no one else can see. And it's gonna take you ten years to fill it in. But if you fill it all in, it's gonna it's gonna be better than the Sistine Chapel. But no one else can see it but you. So all everyone else sees is just this person that's just coloring all day. And they're like, I would love to hang out with you. It's not that I don't love you. Like, I just, I got to color in this part. And it's it's not until the thing forms that, yeah.
1: I mean, um, most of the people who are around won't even see it. It's mostly going to be the people who care the most about you, who are trying to spend time with you, who are going to be affected by it. Yeah. Most people who know me casually, um, like on locally or, or whatever, um, probably don't even really think I work. They think that I, I don't know, probably spend my parents' money or come from a wealthy family or something like that. Or, um, and I've heard all that before where people are like, well, who, who's paying for your car? Who's paying for this or that? Or, um, you know, are you, there's all kinds of things that people being a woman, especially all kinds of things I've heard from family, even, where people think what I do is a joke because they don't understand it mostly. Um, So people from the outside, when you, especially when you work from home, they don't consider it a real job Mm -hmm. for some reason. I don't get it Um, and they don't take it seriously, but it's, it's up to you to kind of fight against those preconceived notions. Like I, I feel like, I'm confident enough in what I do that I think it's funny when people make those assumptions. I go with it or I troll them and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I just sit at home and I get my stuff paid for and yeah. I don't do any. Yeah. I'm like eating hot Cheetos and like yeah. lounging with my dogs. Yeah. So it's, I don't care, but I can definitely see where it would be disheartening when you put so much work into something because working, you know, 12, 14 hour days consecutively for years breaks you down like regardless of whether you love yeah. it or not, yeah. you're physically and mentally tired. Yeah, and um, I've gotten very emotional at certain times because of just exhaustion. Yes. and when someone looks at you and they're like, oh, "You're so cute," like you, your little work that you do yeah, that you're, makes you so tired, they're condescending because yeah, they yeah. don't understand. And it's like you kind of have to take that with it. And I think that's something you might struggle with too with, with a podcast. Is someone sees it, they're like, "Oh, what, what's a podcast?" Mm-hmm. and all that where you have to kind of the like, oh you could have gone to med school and all you did was a podcast. Like all I did was a podcast. Look at what all these cool people that I've talked to. Yeah. Have you ever even had a conversation with someone outside of your farm that yeah. you live on? <laughs> yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Like what the heck like how can you be condescending toward a person when you don't understand what they're doing or what they're going through. Yeah. You know, so it's, I think, small business owners, you know, that's that's what we're battling. Online business owners, that's what we're battling, you know. And I don't know how much of it that you feel, you know. My boyfriend calls me a feminist uh, <laughs> saying these things, but, like, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like women struggle because there's a perception.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I know I do, yeah. you know. Like, people saying, oh, you're just waiting for someone to come and swoop you off your feet and yeah. marry you and provide
0: for you. Yeah. And I'm just
1: like, what? Yeah. How does that even cross your mind? Like, how is that? You you need you a
0: strong man to give you everything. It's like, what? What? Yeah, no, it's, I was going to say, we The the same people that are condescending are the same people that think that if they power lift one day a week, they're going to look like Hulk. So, you know, take it all with a grain of salt, because they don't seem to have a pretty good grasp on it.
1: Oh, yeah, Definitely definitely i think the ignorance does go hand in hand yeah it's like without asking questions they make assumptions yeah you know yeah,
0: yeah. If, if there are people that think lifting one day a week it's gonna make them look like jay cutler and then in the same breath they 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 put down your business don't sweat it yeah <laughs> all right dude well it's been it's been an hour and 15 minutes so thank you very much for coming on uh I hope you enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Is yet another interesting person to talk to. Um, yeah, dude. More than anything, thank you very much for taking time out of your day. I appreciate. Yeah, appreciate
1: it. being on here.
0: Yeah, thank you. All right, dude. Well, um, on Instagram, send me your, send me a link to your your um, your website, and I'll put it in the video description. Okay, for sure. All right. I'll do that. All right, thank you very much. Have hey, a good one. You too. Thanks. Peace. Bye. Bye.